and we are live. Kia ora everybody, what's up? It is Robert and I am joined by Lisa Tai, Associate Director at Deloitte. How are you? I'm tired. I just said it and I'll be honest, I'm really tired, but I'm good. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it could be worse. So I'm just going to keep my husband here, just keep it real. So I'm tired. Yeah, juggling kids at home and working full time has been a, a bit of a, a learning experience, but it could be completely worse. So I can't complain. You're, you're lock, you've locked the kids outside of one of their rooms that um, your husband is looking after them to make sure they don't do too crazy. So I've been warned. If we hear screaming in the background, it's, they're, they're actually totally fine. Don't worry. They're... Don't worry. Don't call the police. <laughs> don't call the police on me, please. They are fine. I promise. <laughs> um, for those who don't, don't know your role, give them a quick one, uh, one minute spiel on um, who you are, what your buzz is and, and what you're all about. Sure. Um, so my name is Lisa Tai. Look, just thank you very much for having me on here. Really pleased to be here. Um, my day job is I'm an associate director at the Deloitte, sorry, in the Deloitte Forensic Team, which is part of Risk Advisory in, in Auckland. Um, and and also, and probably my main passion is I lead the Pacifica strategy for Deloitte New Zealand, which is is new and it's um we're we're working our way through it, but it's really important to me and to the other Pacifica staff that we have at Deloitte. Um, in terms of my background, I've done 13 years in professional services with a big focus on forensics. So fraud and corruption investigations and advisory. Um, where I'm from, which is really important, I was born in Fiji, moved to New Zealand as a child. Um, and my mum is Rotuman, so from a very small island of Rotuma, which is, I think, about 600 k's north of, of Fiji, a population of less than 1,500 people. Um, and my father is from the town of Savasavu in Fiji. My husband is, is from the village of Falilata in Samoa. And I have two children, so I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old. You got, you got heaps on. We've got plenty to go through. I, I grew up in um in Suva when I was little in a, a place called Sanabola. I went to Gospel ah. Primary just off Dungey ah. Street. Yeah, so that was that was my hood for until I was eight, and then four to eight. Yeah, so I lived lived there. It was um living in Fiji when I was younger gave me a massive um uh, grounded me in perspective consist constantly. I, yeah. you know, I talk about it when I do my little speeches or whatever, I'll say, you know, I, I realized that I was very blessed and fortunate when, and had gratitude when I was six years old, because we, I had leather sandals and some people in my class had plastic sandals, you know, that was a thing, you know, and then, and some people didn't have sandals. Um, I, I felt that I was, you know, we were rich because I had a concrete house and some people yeah. had tin houses, you know, literally like that type of shit. And it was very, um, uh, instilled in me very early with it, with that stuff. So yeah, I can, um, yeah, definitely get part of that. And even just like now, you've that's quite a random journey from Fiji to flipping crazy forensic business shit at Deloitte, like doing the, the, the money stuff. What a, I know. What a flipping trip. How are you navigating at home now? Like a three-year-old, so I've got a two and a one. I'm very fortunate that, you know, wifey's a weapon and she, she's, um, you know, was a nurse and stuff. So she's she's on fire with that. How are you navigating full-time work at home with a three and a six-year-old during this stuff? Like what? What's the how you? How's your routine? Is it just a shit show? <laughs> it's a shit show. There is no routine. It was a shit show before COVID nineteen, to be honest. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's my husband's. My husband's a builder, and we're really lucky, really lucky that my husband's at home at the moment. So, but I think just the idea of being available 
eight thirty to five online with children at home is is false. Like that's a false reality, and it's there's no even no point even aiming for that. So you know, I'm really lucky that we do have flexibility, and so I do what I can during the day. It might mean doing some stuff in the evenings or catching up. Um, and I've had to apologise lots of times over the last couple of you know over the last week for interruptions, being little people running around in the background or screaming and. I think the good part is that we're all going through this shit together at the same time. Yep. So, so people are, you know, you know. I think if, if, yeah, I've heard a few times with people that you've interviewed. One good thing to come out of this is we're learning more about people and and what happens for them outside of the office, them. which I think, yeah, hundred percent, so important. Um, yep. So no, it's it's good. It's it's they're long days. I feel like I'm really tired, but I'm not having to do the the horrible commute from West Auckland to the city every day but yeah. i'm still really tight so <laughs> like we're not going anywhere but i it's think just the... it's mental weight it's mental mental yeah. baggage of juggling the the personal and professional and and it's this thing I, I i guess i'm very fortunate because regardless if i'm i've always been the same regardless if i'm talking to a someone homeless or a ceo or a 15 year old or 50 year old i'm flat like i know yeah. i am flat i'll be the flipping same exact person but many corporate roles bring a bring a a, a level of kind of polish or prestige or armor or this kind of the shit not not shell but yeah like a, a different maybe not truly authentic self to work because they've got to the presence of their title and these other things and what it's become really apparent in this last two weeks is instantly it's just flattening everything yeah. down and it's humanizing a lot more and i've obviously not just from the people that i've been interviewing but but friends of that are running businesses that are in these different companies you know saying like dude i got to see like you know that the, the boss is like backyard and shit and he's like there in a t-shirt <laughs> and like just these weird these weird things which you wouldn't think would be things but they are and so i mean at a you you work for a big organization you know, thousands of employees all around all around the show have you felt it's especially within a, the accounting world have you felt it's like created more empathy within teams time, or yeah to, and i think i think we have you know we say it a lot in terms of bringing your full self to work and i think definitely over the 13 years that i've been in um i guess the professional services world it's it's gone better um but i think what it has and it's leveled the playing field right like we are all in the same situation um and we're sort of sharing our baggage more openly <laughs> which i think is really important and and for the work that we're doing when we're working with pacifica businesses and organizations that's really important um and so being able to relate having empathy understanding you know what someone is going through is you know it makes us irrelevant if we don't get it um so i think yeah it's definitely leveled the playing field for all of us which is a good thing um yeah, yeah. I, I I agree, but it's it's kind of cool seeing that even happen within um, a, a very professional type sector. So I wanted to get into um, uh, the 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 Maori Pacifica stuff. So and what I mean stuff, I'm thinking about the dynamics of how communities uh, what they're going through, and I I was thinking about the waves of what was coming, and the first wave is oh shit, everyone's back at home, blah oh. blah, and and I and it started from a um, where it leads to is like I put a quite about, I think it was a week or so ago. And I said, oh, you know, March 24th um, in nine months time, there's going to be a whole bunch of Christmas day babies. Wow. Ha ha ha. Like funny, funny nine months a day. Okay, cool. And then someone goes, yeah. Um, and divorces and domestic violence. Yeah. And I never thought about the other side of the coin of someone else's situation. And then I was like, okay, shit. 
I'm, you know, I'm, I'm potentially not in the best stable relationship. I've just potentially lost my job. Now I'm stuck at home with this and there's fighting these kids and this family, there's stress, there's pressure, there's, I don't have sport. There's all these other weird things. But a big one for me was when people get frustrated and domestic violence, if you look at the, the stats and the numbers, a lot of it is um, predominantly um, from Māori and Pacifica. So then I was thinking about what type of homes and communities are happening right now as we speak around New Zealand that hasn't been talked about. And I, I don't know if you had any insight or, or thoughts about it, but I, my, my kind of gut was saying, I think we might, there, as we speak, there could be a whole lot of very vulnerable partners and relationships that have now been forced into physical confines and quarters with no escape. And I, my gut was feeling that it might be a dangerous thing for society as, as well. And so I don't want to get dark and stuff for a second, but I know this is, it's some real shit. And I know people that are, um, you know, close to s scenarios like that. So I just wanted to um, maybe just go there for a sec to, to, to see like, yeah, the, the, the other challenges potentially that we're not thinking about. Oh, I think it's, it's a very, <laughs> yeah. And I think it's a very real situation for a lot of our um, communities and for our families. Um, I will I will taper that with there are organisations and people out there in the social services sector doing some amazing work to reach out and to connect with those needing help. Um, so by no means am I, a, um, I guess, an expert in this area, but I'm very aware that there is a heightened level of risk of bad things happening during times like this. And I think, yes, it's definitely we're in a confined space, you know, even for our kids as well, you know, so for kids where maybe school school time may have been an escape and may you know was was the highlight of the day now all of a sudden you know you're stuck at home and maybe an environment that isn't isn't the best and and so i just want to point you know i i think there is definitely a need with our maori and pacific communities but i think it's across the board as well um so there are some amazing people trying to reach out to the people that do need help but i think that's even more reason for us um, as Pacifica people to reach out to our families and to our networks and, and just to check in with people and make sure that they're okay. Um, and I think the other added pressure is financial pressure for our families, right? So for a lot of, and these are complete generalizations as well, and there are people that don't fall in this bucket, but you know, it's a few about, many of our communities live paycheck to paycheck. And when the paycheck stops, like I'm very familiar with what that means when when you don't have savings in the bank, you might be waiting. You may be waiting for the wage subsidy to come through through the funnel. So there's a real immediate need to provide basic essentials for our families. Um, and there are, you know, groups like Pacifica Futures and through the various ministries doing some amazing work to address that need. But I think, you know, when I complain about having my children at home making noise, I mean, it, you know, it, there are bigger issues than that right now and and it's long term it's not there's definitely the immediate response that's needed but um you know i think we'll see the impacts of this on our communities down you know for a long time to come yeah i i agree and i i feel yeah there's there's plenty that are lucky they might have the, the escapism to yeah oh, i'm away at the batch and i'm, I'm locked yeah. away and you know and that's like hey you know cool for you but it's almost bringing up to the forefront a lot of I guess tough questions or uncomfortable questions that potentially is very been easy to have been hidden in the past and now it's almost raising them all to the forefront yeah. around so I think your point around looking out for your neighbor but actually looking out for him is 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 probably the key there I, I've I'm hopeful that more people are 
on the awareness side, but also I'd actually hope that people can be brave to actually pick up the phone and, and ask those, those, those crew. Cause there's plenty of, um, you know, my mum used to um, work for like Women's Refuge and Salvation mm-hmm. Army, and my my wife's been a nurse, and um, I've 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 seen a lot of I've heard you know hear stories about that sort of world, and it's something that I kind of genuinely um, feel is important that New Zealand needs to have because yes, we've got a medical issue, yes, we've got a financial yep. issue, also I think we we are going to have a community issue, not just so much on potentially domestic violence and divorce and relationships, but just the mental health awareness of the safety yeah. of the people. There's going to be a there's a people issue. And, uh, and yes, we, you know, we've, we're locked in our houses to save the medical side. We've got a stimulus package to, to, to sort out the money stuff. I'd be really intrigued to know what's the, what's the thinking at a macro level from a, from a, from a government down or whatever around how the people going to be looked after a bit more, because it's, it's a lot. And I don't want to go down a negative path, but I, I'm, I'm getting messages. I'm talking to friends. I am seeing things. There's some real shit sort of bubbling away. And so, yeah, I, I, I would just hope that they don't forget about the, the third part of this, this equation either, you know, with, with being people uh, that need help or in need. Yeah. And, oh gosh, these are some loaded questions. And, and I, and I, but I think it's really important and I, and it is a good point that, you know, when you look at the news, I mean, it makes complete sense, right? So health, business, financial are all very important things. But what does that all center around? It's around our people. And we have some really vulnerable communities right now that need help. Um, And the issues are bigger than being stuck at home with, you know, like, yeah, I think I I don't even have the answers, to be honest. No, you know, it's I a question. Of, but you got to start the conversation with it, and that's that's a, a part of his because It's something that that I've been sort of thinking about a little bit. And then, obviously, as well, when you when you look at a lot of um, the pressures in many households, um, regardless mm. what race, whatever, it's very much um, financially driven too. So there's you know the the there's a crazy like almost intersection of like culture, commerce, health tech business mm. home families this we're, we're in a moment right it's it's it, mm. it's it's tense and it's bubbled and it's just there's all this kind of this this energy so i'm just hoping we can get get through so with your so you go no i was just gonna say i mean i think i agree with everything that you've said and um which is why i just think it's really important to stay connected and to stay connected with the people that we think need our help um beyond mm. i guess the surface level of yeah i think reaching out to people and being brave enough to figure, and actually just finding a way to help. Um, there are some amazing initiatives being run to reach out to our vulnerable communities. So, you know, once the, you know, once you feel comfortable and you, and you've got yourself sorted, figure out ways that you can help and to help and make an impact with, you know, some of our communities that most in need, I think is something that we can all at least think about. And it could be in your own, I guess, and that's what we've done with the initiative supporting the Pacific Business Trust is thinking about, well, We've got some amazing professional staff members with great expertise. How can we use them to help the people that need it? Um, and through our Pacific strategy, being very aware that our Pacific businesses need help right now and the help that they need may be a little bit different from a corporate um, and figure out, well, what is it that we can do to help? Um, so I've used the word help a lot. And I think that's the key thing is figure out a way, actually just stopping and thinking about other people that may be in a different situation to you and going, what can I do with my resources to, to, you know, to reach out and, and to help somebody else. Totally agree. The, um, Andrew says opportune time right now for Māori and Pacifica knowledge to get in front of the change. Lots of upside to discuss. Good luck, Lisa Tai, answering these. Answering these. 
Thank you, Andrew. I think I need the luck too. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, and Andrew I, and Andrew's doing some amazing work um, with our people in Australia. So um, big shout out to Andrew because I know he's got some awesome initiatives. Um, so it's and it's we're in New Zealand, but the, you know these issues for our Pacific communities are bigger in in other regions, especially when I think about the islands and and what might be happening over there. And for my family in Fiji, right? So. We're lucky here in many respects that we have a good health system. We have, you know, MSD, which is doing, you know, and they're doing an awesome job at the moment to to put money in people's pockets. But when you think of our families in the islands, you know, and the level of support that the government can provide, I think that's where it's different and that, you know, you can't rely on the system all the time. You actually then rely on your family and your wider network and, and your village and your community to look after you. So I think it's a different, different scenario, but I think the need, you know, is is just as great so I can't help but you know definitely thinking about how can I help my community in New Zealand but also you know my family and friends back back home in, in mm. Fiji and Samoa. Uh, Maureen Crampton says, uh, my concern is that we were told the lockdown would be four weeks. Uh, we're now learning it's likely to be longer. Many whānau would have put different plans in place by bringing yeah. students home and getting those on their own to join our bubbles. Uh, how do we get that compassionate message through to the government without compromising the purpose of lockdown? Whoa, that's 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 a bit deep. It's a bit above my pay grade there. <laughs> and I think I think Jeez. it's above mine. I think it's above mine too. But I think the the health stuff has to come first, right? Because mm. we, I mean, we have to get that right. And it's just finding ways to make it work. And I, yeah, I, my sister lives in France, um, South France, and they've just had their lockdown extended for a couple more weeks. And so, uh, you know, like many others, I think the four weeks is hopeful. Um, and we'll go a bit longer. And so it's, I guess, just trying to figure out how do we make it work in the scenario that we're in at the moment. And it's not easy. And it's harder for some. So with the, um, yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, with the Māori and Pacific, the Pacific is the businesses that you're um, looking after, that you're helping front. What type of challenges do you think is different for 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 the crew that you're kind of engaged with or working with, like how, where's the headspace at for, for most of those type of business that you've either engaged with or, um, or thinking about to, when they're, I guess, uh, having direct effects on their business and their livelihoods and everything sort of take on, on how yeah. they're sort of dealing with it. So, um, so we stood this up end of last week. And so I guess based on what has come through so far, the number one um, area that people need help with is applying for the wage subsidy scheme at, through MSD. And we're really lucky through the partnership with the Pacific Business Trust is there's a dedicated team at MSD to help, help our people with the application process. Because I guess my biggest fear is that, yes, there is this pool of funding available to help business owners we need to make sure that our people don't miss out and that they feel you know feel well equipped to a check are they eligible b to apply and to provide all the information that they need to so you know that has been the number one focus is on making sure that our people are applying for the funding that's available um and yeah definitely shout out to pb10 msd that's doing an awesome job with that space for the people that, are, that the other i guess the other issues have been around cash flow um, you know, I don't know how long I can keep my doors open based on the cash reserves that I have. Um, and so cash flow forecasting and budgeting has is also another big area. And one that came up yesterday, which I think is really important and important point to raise was one of the business owners said, how do I pivot, which seems to be a really important word in this space, is how do I pivot my current business 
to suit the needs of the environment that we're in at the moment. So, mm. which is awesome that people are thinking longer term. I think there's definitely immediate need focused on cash and having enough money to pay staff and bills, but also longer term focus going, what I want to stay in operation. What does this mean? And, and how can I change my business to suit the current climate? Um, so, yeah, so I think, it, and, and for us, it's not just saying you need a cash flow uh, or you need a budget or you need an updated strategy. It's actually working through the practical steps of well, what does that look like and we can help you put one together. So, um, and, and there's, there's no shortage of awesome material that's been published around to help businesses navigate COVID-19. But I think it's, there's not too much information, but it is information overload. And so for lot. us, yep. I think the key difference is sometimes people just need someone to spend a couple of hours with them to go, okay, tell me about your business, your story, what are your immediate needs, and we'll work through it together um, in, a, in a very, you know, I guess, simple, easy to understand way that a small business owner um, will get. And I think the other important thing that we're, we're working on is it's not the service isn't limited to for-profit businesses. We recognize that in our community, non-profits, community groups, social enterprises is also a really big part of our ecosystem. So, you know, what we're doing is open to essentially any Pacific organization that needs help with navigating um, the current situation. Hmm. If you were a small business owner right now, your world's been turned upside down, you don't have an online business and you haven't been able to pivot yet, what are the first things you'd do right now? You're home, you're stuck, you've got, you know, staff employees, you're trying to figure stuff out. Like how would you, what, what would the first things you'd do that'd be like actionable? Where would you go and what would, what would you do? The first thing that I would do without doubt is checking if you're eligible for funding that's available. Um, and the big one is the wage subsidy scheme through MSD. So figuring out do I, am I eligible and how do I apply and getting that underway as soon as possible, I think is the number one priority. It just has to be to help with money coming in and paying bills and paying staff. And, and I'm quite mindful that the businesses that we're talking to, they're I guess the people that they look after is a bit broader, right? So we're not just supporting one business owner and immediate family. Quite often that business supports a wider community and wider family. So the need to keep money coming in is really important and finding out where are those avenues available, um, I think has to be the number one priority. Yeah. Cash. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> Cash to pay. Yeah. Cash flow. The, um, the mental process for a lot of these businesses is going to force them into strategic thinking, which they potentially haven't had to have before. And it's not like they knew uh, mm. something was coming and they could really plan it out. Like I was saying to uh, Jolie uh, Hodson, the CEO of Spark, was, mm -hmm. you know, they have plans in place because they think about this shit and there's entire processes that sort of roll out. They had that, not that they had the luxury, but there is documented things which they can integrate into their business to get through this. Small businesses don't have that shit the majority of pretty much everyone that I know that would be in that space. It's a luxury to have one, right? It is. Yeah. So how would you, how would you go around approaching the strategic thinking that you would need to do? Like this practical and tactical stuff. How do you get your head spread around the, the, the strategic approach of this entire thing? Cause there's going to be a lot of, I guess, stress and weight strategically with what pieces you move and how that sort of does, you know, how, what would you sort of say, say to the crew like that? I think you're right in that having a strategy and having very flash business plans is not um, 
yeah, that's that's not what our people have right now. Um, and finding the headspace when you've got other commitments, crowding your headspace is really can be really difficult. So I would say the way to approach it based on you know, and this is definitely on my by my personal experience is figuring like breaking it down into chunks and over a time frame, right? So mm. there's definitely the immediate need, and then what I want to be doing in three months, six months, and it's hard because who knows what the heck we're going to be doing in six months, to be honest. But I think finding where your strengths are um, and focusing on that and going, okay, well, if my strength is in X, how do I make that relevant to the current climate? And those are really hard Mm. questions to find space to think about. And so there are um, some amazing advisors that are making these services free and very accessible to to the community that I think bouncing around ideas with somebody that isn't involved in your day-to-day business is really important. So it's a hard question because of what people are focused on right now, but we have to be looking out into the future and I guess, where would you like to be? And it's so hard because, you know, we're gonna be stuck in the same bubble in a couple of months, (laughs) to be honest, who flippin' knows? And so I guess just, and I think, just being mindful of what what you're good at and where your strengths are is really important and playing to that and getting, you know, external advice to help you work through it is important because, um, you know, having someone that can take the motion out of it a little bit and make, you know, help you make the hard calls. And for some businesses, the hard call might be, it, it, you know, for right now, it's not the right idea. What's well, not the right answers to keep going down the same track, and and maybe it's a park it, have to do something else, and come back to the dream in a year's time or whatever it might be. So I think, from my perspective, involving people outside your bubble that can give you some, you know, sort of practical advice is really important. Yeah. What are you most fearful of? For Pacifica business or for in business in general in New Zealand, what are you what's what are you most fearful of? Uh, my biggest fear for Pacific businesses and Pacific communities is that we get left behind and the gap between us and everybody else increases. To be honest, I think mm. your situations like this, where you know everybody, everybody, nobody is escaping this unscathed. We're all impacted by it. But my fear is that there is a there is a disparity between us, Pacifica. And Maori and other in other in other groups and and I'm I fear I fear that the the gap will increase. And and, and that's because the size of the business, the education, the networks, the the mentorship, the access to capital. What's the all what's of it? The elephant all of the in, yeah, but if there was a, I always think of um, times like this when it's gnarly. There's there's ninja moves you can make, right? And if there's already been gaps before, what were the reasons for those gaps? And in a time of crisis, what are the actual moments where liabilities can be assets and opportunities? Is there a ninja move out there that you think could help elevate and help Pacifica business lead with the tip of the spear into into the new New Zealand? Ninja move. Um... One like, ninja move that I've thought about is actually collaborating with, you know, getting a couple of different business, specific businesses together to work closer together. And whether that means they form some sort of coalition or they, you know, they merge resources. Yep. Yeah, or, or share resources. Right. So I think of my husband who's a builder, right. You might have two, two teams and one has lots of work. The other one doesn't have, how can we move people to make sure that people have enough work across the board? So I think, 
because of our scale and numbers, coming together just has to be the right answer. Um, and, and, you know, we need to think about mechanism, mechanisms that we can put in place to make that easier for businesses to do. But I think it's going to be a hard slog to do it on your own. I would agree, because usually if it's the, the one-man, one-woman band type scenarios and they haven't even had contingency plans, they don't have cash flow or whatever, you kind of think about, you know, if I'm an investor right now and if I've got a shit ton of cash, I'll usually, I could look at a bunch of distress assets and buy it for cents on the dollar, right? And in plays like this, you almost wonder if the collective mentality of Pacifica Business could do some type of service-based roll-ups. Yeah, and um, collect collectivism is what we do well right like that, yeah literally that, that is at the core <laughs> that is at the core of who we are right so coming together working as a group so that is already a strength of us so you know finding ways to i guess to leverage that what comes naturally to us hmm. is important that would be that would be interesting right is is if you got because i i always think of it like perfect example so five five years ago um, six years ago, I, w my mentor who was, um, absolute weapon, r ran a, a billion dollar uh, business for a bit. Um, I explained to him the situation in my head with what I thought was happening. Oh, and did all this shit, right? I just went on this mad spiel about how I thought, whatever. And then in one sentence, he just asked one question that had nothing to do with what I was talking about. That was actually directly associated because I was down here thinking and the great thinking came on top. I was like, actually team let's just elevate this conversation and this is the actual question you should answer and it, it changed my life right and I, I wonder in situations like this a lot of these small clusters they're all copy pasting in a really unscalable inefficient way with their mm. time trying to solve problems which they don't have and I'm kind of seeing it like well wouldn't there be power in a collective of these businesses why why couldn't you do a Pacifica roll-up why couldn't you boom 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 mm -hmm. boom and then you just need that sort of glue right those though and then you went through brand blah blah and I'm working on a place specific kind of around this but for students um and, and, and start up small businesses but there's no reason that that couldn't exist with a few dollars at the top end of town because then if you got access to to be able to um, consolidate some of those different um expenses or whatever I'm sure it could make a business more profitable and get the numbers sort of working right has anyone done a so this is just what I kind of how I, my brain sort of goes on these weird tangents. Has anyone done a Pacifica service-based roll-up? Has anyone done in the current climate? What we're in, in the climate situation? Like got, I'm sure they. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't know any, not big ones. Um, I feel like definitely at the community group level, there would be lots of pulling resources together and working together hmm. it, within businesses i'm not sure to be honest um i know the pacific business trust i'm just trying to think about i think the collective is the ninja move to be honest yeah, yeah, yeah no, I get and it. so then i'm like mm, well who can help us with the ninja move and who can help us make it happen and who and who actually has the connections to go hey bob over there you know exactly this. Sam over there, Sione, you're doing that over there. How do we bring it all together? <laughs> so, so I think, you know, people like the Pacific Business Trust, the Ministry for Pacific People, who have a good appreciation of what is out there, um, can play a really key role in in, in my connecting the dots a little bit. Um, so... I'm so, on, I'm so onto this ninja move thing now. No, no, no. So this is, this I know because my one that um, it has it's hasn't been fully properly um, named named or launched, but it will be soon. It's called the Students Collective. Awesome. And um, yeah, and it's basically helping um, 
you know, self-employed, I guess, at-risk youth and stuff to, to start their own businesses and blah, 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 but done through kind of gamifying brand and hood, whatever. Um, that would be an interesting chat. I mean, I'm happy to jump on a call, whatever, but if you could line that up, because then if you could... Um, yeah, yeah totally. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Uh, okay, what are you most... Uh, at the end of this thing, what are you most hopeful about for, for New Zealand business? What are you... What am I most hopeful about for New Zealand businesses? What I'm most hopeful about for Pacific businesses in New Zealand is actually we've found a way to make the most of this current shit situation and we've got some businesses that have found a gap and have leveraged it and are doing really, really well. So, And I mm. think we have the entrepreneurship and the innovation in us to make it happen. So um, I, I hope that happens and I have, I'm actually, I, I have no doubt that we will have really successful businesses that come out of this doing really well um what sectors and I do you think will be the biggest what what sectors do you think will be the sweet spot at, at the services back of, i think services sector se has to be looking after our people directly i think has to be um yes Hospitals. there's a technology yeah and look there's the technology stuff you know the technology stuff for sure and online is a given but i think this has the situation has made us realize how much we need support from other people really um yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I hope that the services and, um, you know, it's definitely social enterprises sector find a way to thrive in this environment. And what's your um, what's your game plan strategically for how you're trying to execute your role within Deloitte now that you're remote, especially around with Pacifica and stuff? How are you what's what's the game plan of, of how you go into execution mode in a time where people can't be together? This like video chat thing, I think, <laughs> is going to be the key. And I th and it's been interesting for us with the Pacific businesses we're talking to, right? Like not everybody has a webcam or access to really strong, fast internet. So we've had our people getting on the phone um, and calling people and having long chats on the phone, you know, after hours and that sort of stuff, which I think we just have to be really open to doing things differently. Um, and I think for us in engaging with Pacifica, it's around how do we build rapport and trust with a small business owner who may never have heard of Deloitte, to be honest, um, and doesn't know what we do or who we are, but how do we, how do we, without meeting someone in person, let them trust us to give them some advice. Um, and so that's really important and, and really proud that the team that's helping to deliver um, the service at the moment are Māori and Pacifica professional staff at Deloitte. So a big shout out again to the team that's delivering it. It's really important. But they have a really good understanding of how to engage with Pacifica virtually, So, yep. um, so which I think is important. Yeah, I've got a mini sort of challenge with it. When, when you're young, you look up to sports players, and then mm -hmm. when you're in business, uh, especially you know, I was probably one of one of them. I, there was no one that looked like me that rolled like me that was around, and so I think to help that would actually be identifying and bringing in a collective of these sort of. Um, alumni effect from Pacifica that mm -hmm. have done it in business who you know would be so down and it doesn't even need to be a, um, a daughter exclusive thing I even just think like the that collective effort of those brains that brings trust because they're, they're known quantities for what they've done and represented I guarantee that alumni effect for Pacifica probably doesn't exist or being leveraged the same way potentially it could mm -hmm. it be there so I wonder if there's a gap there yeah, really yeah, and I think, and I think, and I think there are lots of Pacifica people doing some awesome things and we all we are you know, to be honest, are doing it in, in our silos or doing it in the domains that we feel comfortable. And so I think 
that a collective approach is, is a good one. Um, that seems to be the keyword for today. <laughs> yeah. Ninja. Yeah. Ninja yeah, collective shit. ninja. Yeah, I'm all, <laughs> I'm all for it. No, I but no, it. cool. If um if people want to uh, uh be able to check, track down a little bit more of what you do, where can they go to, or what can they where, where can they go? Sure. So um, if you go to the Deloitte.co.nz website, there is a COVID-19 hub there um, where the access to the Pacifica resources are available. Also to Pacific Business, um, the Pacific Business Trust website, which I think is pacificbusiness.co.nz, has all the links in the form that you need to apply to gain access to the service. Um, and by all means, please feel free to reach out to me directly, either via LinkedIn or email, um, if you want to chat directly. So more than more than happy to help. Good. I've uh, put that link to the uh, COVID-19 hub um, on all the different awesome. platforms and, and links there as well. Um, through the power of technology, all is possible. So fast, um, so live. <laughs> I don't piss around, Lisa. I'm here to flip and <laughs> do damage. It's like, Jeez. shit. Get out, get out. Bloody ninja. Um, You're a ninja. Ninja shit. Um, write me into that conversation if you want to do a uh, yes, roll-up. That's, that's interesting. Yes, um, please. Yeah, I think there's, there's something in there. It could be an extension of what I'm thinking about with the Students Collective. Um, but no. Hey, really appreciate your time, Lisa. Good luck with the three-year-old and the six-year-old and the hubby that's now gone seven minutes over what was <laughs> supposed to be expected. Give them a big high five and, and a hug and, and I'll see you on the other side of this um, this chaos. No, thank you. Look, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So good luck and keep up the awesome mahi. I uh, appreciate right. it. Right, cheers, see Lisa. Ya. See ya. Thanks. Bye. See ya. Champ. Good humans. Bloody great. Uh Lisa, um, running the show there, Associate Director at uh, Deloitte. Um, I've put the links down there. There's a whole bunch of stuff you can you can do. Each different um, big business is, is doing their own way to sort of interact and stuff. So feel free to reach out. If you're a Pacifica business, pacificafutures.co.nz, pacificbusiness.co.nz. And I'll see you guys soon. Adios.